Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, today we will be talking about Season 5, Episode 4 of 7th Heaven. The title is Busted, uh, or in Germany it is called An Open Secret. Uh, the IMDb user synopsis is, Simon has another hot date, college girl Marcia, but when Matt turns up as driver, she only has eyes for the med student, although Simon gets the porch kiss. Lucy dates and agrees to go steady, light, with Mike Pierce, whom she met in Nadine's office, where he offered to help her apply to colleges, but doubts again after learning about his mental history. Their parents found none of the kids still interested in family movie night. Nut discover, too, late sneaking off for intimacy never goes unseen. This time, even worse. Mary nearly gets arrested with teenage parents Johnny and Frankie, who are caught smoking marijuana just after her visit. So, another full of false <laughs> falsehoods. Yes. Um, so, what was your first impression of this episode? Um, I, th- I think minus Simon and Matt, I actually enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm really beginning to dislike Simon. <laughs> or, like, maybe not dislike, but he just bores me. He's done nothing in season five so far that, like... They're kind of treating him like they did Matt. Like yeah, it's exactly. Just like, it's just on going, trying to go on dates, and yeah, like that's the only thing he's interested in. And it's just a different girl every week, and I don't really like that. I mean, you know, like Simon had some like he, Dina. He had Dina. We but, just miss Dina. Well, I think besides like his like romantic life, he was always the one that was asking the questions like, "Is religion a cult?" <laughs> Etc. And I feel like if they like followed that path, like the, the, him being a teenager would be the perfect time for him to like. Like he was super curious about everything all the time. Yeah. Right. If there was one Camden I would expect to rebel, it would be him. Um, oh yeah. Because like he was the one that was most que- like him and Ruthie are the one that are the most like questioning of like the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed Lucy's storyline. Um, when and like I'm. Like, genuinely enjoying the fact that we're, like, seeing a, a real child, like, a real, like, um, adolescent storyline. Or uh, not adolescent, but, like, coming of age kind of thing with Mary. And, yeah. All right. Let's get right into the cold open. Um, so we start out with the Rev feeding. The twins. And uh, Mary comes home. And Mary's looking for Annie. And the Rev goes on this, like. He gets all defensive, yeah, about, like, I can take care of and feed my children. I've been doing it for 21 years. Oh, your mother helped, and, like, but whatever. So he's still, they're still, like, trying to stress to us that the Rev has been stepping up in in terms of household chores since Annie's decided to go back to school. Um, We learned that Mary's lost another job. She got fired from Pizza Pizza. Yeah, which... (laughs) Happened, I guess, in between last episode and this one. Yeah, apparently Pete's bit, the business at Pete's is not as good as they thought it was, even though they showed Friday night being, like, an amazing night or something. Yeah, they laid her off, though. Um, and uh, so she's not doing anything. And this is where the IMDb user summary is correct about family movie night. Apparently this is the first night where nobody's doing anything. So the family wants to have family movie night. Matt will also come over, uh, except none of the children are interested, obviously. Yeah, because we learned that Simon has a date with Marsha Chalker, the spelling bee. She went to, like, the National Spelling Bee last year or something. Um, Lucy has a friend coming over to look, a male friend, to, to look at college brochures with. 
Mary is going over to Frankie and Johnny's for dinner, and Matt is taking, is driving Simon on his date. So Ruthie is the only one who doesn't have plans, so, and Ruthie is, (laughs) but Ruthie is preoccupied trying to write, we see her in the beginning, in the cold open with a diary, and she has just, has all she has written is Dear Diary, and, but she still insists on hiding it every time that she puts it away, even though nothing is written in it. So um, we'll start with what we both thought was the most boring of the storylines, <laughs> which is Matt and Simon. So remember, Matt uh, was late to taking Simon on his date with Lulu in the last episode, so he's doing this one for free. Pro bono. <laughs> um, so they go to they go and they pick her up, and she, well, Simon opens the door, and she's, like, dressed, I guess, He's, he's, he's like, surprised or, like, pleased with her appearance. So he's like, wow. And she spells wow. And she continues to do this. And then she gets in the front seat and sits next to Matt. And Simon's alone in the back seat. And she's, like, expressing all of this interest in Matt. And she's like, oh, you're a med student. Oh, third year. That's what you're pre-med student. Yeah, he's not... She's not a med student yet, but she's... Oh, and she's also not in college, like the user synopsis said. She's also in high school. But she's like, oh, third year, so you're taking organic chemistry. And then she starts spelling... Random science. Yeah, science things. Um, She... uh, To give you a glimpse of the outfit she's wearing, it's... A, it's brown leather, brown leather skirt, and brown leather, like, tank top. Yeah. Um, very, very early 2000s. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen Britney Spears wear that. Um, so throughout this episode, she's spelling things, but we clearly see that she's more, as Aaron mentioned, she's more interested in Matt than she is with Simon. They end up actually going to the movie together, and when they get out, um, Simon is supposed to be st- getting pizza with Marsha. But uh, she invites Matt and they have this weird spell off where um, Simon's like, I don't want him to intrude, uh, intrude. And, and he spells intrude, E-N-T-R-U-D-E. And then she's like, <laughs> like, no, it's I-N-T-R-U-D-E. And of course he's not going to be intruding. It's the least we can do. So like Simon is forced to bring Matt along. And Matt is just like amused by all of this. Uh, And then, so as the user synopsis said, though, um, Simon gets the porch kiss. Um, So when they drop her off, he walks her to the door. They kiss, and then immediately after, Matt is like, oh, let's go. um." It's still early in the night, so let's go pick up some chicks. Um, So they spend the rest of the episode, like, at the promenade looking for girls. Where a girl comes and asks if they know where, like, a video arcade is or something. And Matt, like, tells Simon, oh, like, walk her there. And then he ends up getting her number, as we find out when they go back to the Camden house. But this is an issue because, in the meantime, Marcia calls the Camden house and asks for Matt's number. Um, and the Rev and Annie find out that they, that Matt and Simon had dropped off Marcia earlier in the night. And... Annie had expressly prohibited Simon from go- going to the promenade to pick up chicks with Matt because she was like, you just started dating. You're too young to be going out with Matt. And, like, try- you know, he's in college. You can't go picking up chicks with your, like, 21-year-old brother. And he doesn't. she doesn't like that he calls them chicks. So um, Matt doesn't know this. Um, so they get in tri- When they get back late, you know, that they... Uh, the, Cam- the Camerons know that 
um, they've been doing something yeah. they're not supposed to be doing. And they run into the Rev, and Simon's like on cloud nine because he's got a number. But then the Rev takes the, yeah takes the number and eats it, and then walks out. So oh well. Um, Matt and Simon have like this end scene, but that has a lot to do with Ruthie slash Annie and the Rev storyline. So we'll get to so, that. Yeah, with Ruthie. With Ruthie. Uh, so Lucy, Lucy, as we said, her she has a friend coming over. It is a man. They're all like the makeout queen, but the Rev is mostly ecstatic because he is like it doesn't matter because Lucy is going to college, and even if she ends up making out with this guy, at least it'll be because they're like they'll be talking about college beforehand. So because Lucy in the cold open um, brought home some college brochures, and so this is what kind of like. Uh, is the catalyst for this guy, Mike Pierce, coming over. Because uh, they um, met each other. Yeah, and the college brochures also sort of tie into um, Mary's storyline. It's just that Mar- Mary thinks it's like a passive-aggressive. She's like, oh, now you're going to get on me too for um, not going to college. And Lucy is like, no, these are just for me. But yeah, so she met Mike. At the guidance counselor's office, and uh, he seems to be on top of his game, and he's also doing early acceptance just like Lucy is. So that's why she's initially invited over not to like make out with him, but to actually get his advice. Um, so when, it's, when they're actually meeting, it turns out that Mike has more on his mind than college applications as well. He Yeah, he wants to set up this deal with Lucy where he's like, oh... I'm not that popular, and if I help you, I would really appreciate it if you would go to, like, all of the kind of senior year events as my date because um, I just don't have anyone to go with and I don't want to miss out on all of this, like, normal high school stuff, which makes sense later on. But um, so Lucy at first is like, I don't know. This seems a little bit like, I don't know. She's like, what if we meet other people? Um, what if we don't, we don't we don't even know each other? What if we don't like each other? But then Mike is like, it's like an arranged marriage. We'll learn. We will learn to like it. Yes. Um, I think Ruthie kind of intervenes a little bit in that she get, she's trying to give Mike some advice. Like, just kiss her and that'll do it. Because, like, my sister loves making out, um, which is like an ongoing joke in the episode. Uh, so And the series. And Yes. So he's like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't know her yet. But then when they actually get into, like, the nitty-gritty of the contract, um, Lucy's like, oh, actually, I like that this works. Like, it's a lot more open than I thought it would be. Um, Well, because they decide, like, if they are actually dating other people, that that's fine, but they just have to go to, like, homecoming and prom and, like, whatever other things happen together, which I also feel like if they were dating other people... They'd want to go with Like, yeah, if they have to stand up there, like... I don't know, mm. significant, significant others, too, because of this contract. But anyway, um, they come to some agreement. Right. And it, we see that Lucy's opening up a bit more to Mike. And suddenly, uh, because, like, their their contract is, like, complete, he, like, is spewing all this knowledge about college apps and, like, the best way to do things and all of his insider information. And this seems to get Lucy all hot and bothered because she's like, shut up and kiss me already. And, and he's, he's like, not until you get your first acceptance. And this is when the Rev kind of walks in and he's really impressed now with Mike because this guy didn't make out with his daughter. So that must be, he must be a good guy. Yeah. And I guess he's, he also heard the big speech about, like, how, fo- like, I guess how focused, you know, Mike is with the whole college thing so he's like ah yes lucy has finally found someone who was good (laughs) 
So he leaves and um, Lucy seems to be very excited or she's like, oh, I don't know if I like him, but I want to get to know I'm him. I'm glad we will be spending more time together. Yeah. This is an interesting quality about Lucy because she doesn't seem to care if she's kissing people. <laughs> Like, she if they usually, like, if she, she likes usually, them. Yeah, well, and also she usually, I can't say that she has given a bunch of, like, a whole lot of people chances when she, like, she seemed to have her mind made up about Mike and she didn't really want to do the contract thing. But then uh, just a few short hours later, she was like, shut up and kiss me. So whatever. She's, uh, but she's. So we learned. She's got a plan for college. Um. So this kind of ties into Mary's storyline, but. Um, well, I guess we could skip, yeah, well, Mary comes home and she's like, they have a, a little bit of a fight because Mary was hanging out with Frankie and Johnny, and as we said in the last episode, she, um, both, I think, Frankie and Johnny smoke cigarettes, and um, Lucy is like, oh, you smell like smoke, are you smoking cigarettes? You know how, like, opposed to cigarettes I am, and then she's like, they're, you know, um, hanging out with these people isn't good for your health, and Mary says... And hanging out with that kid is good for your health? I think she says, like, the mental patient or something, um, and Lucy looks very shocked, and she does a lot of face acting. Yes, there's a lot of nostril flaring happening. Um, so we find out that Mike was actually initially in Mary's year, but that he tried to commit suicide, and so he took a year off from school, um, where he was committed and worked on getting better, uh, saw a psychiatrist, and um, now he's back at Glen Oak and wanting to continue his life again. Except Lucy didn't know any of this, so now Lucy's completely shook. Um, so then, um, towards the end, the Rev is, is when the Rev is running out the door and eats the phone number. Um, he opens the back door and oh no, this isn't the no, same this time. No, is this is the same time. Okay, it is the same time. You're okay. correct. Um, and Mike is there, and he's like, "Oh, I saw." He's like, I just want to talk to Lucy. I saw your other daughter, and I thought she might recognize me. And then he tells the Rev basically all of the information about, like, um, how he missed a year of school, and he doesn't want Lucy to be, um, like, shook by this. So he goes and he talks to Lucy, and he tells Lucy, like, um, well, Lucy talks to the Rev first, and is like, I don't know if I should be doing this now because... If I can't fulfill, like, the obligations of the... Co she basically is like, I don't want to, like, upset him because what if he tries to kill himself again or something? Well, he, she basically, she says, I can't be around him. He's a mental patient. Like, what's, what's going to happen? And the Rev very smartly says, uh, have you ever been sick? And what have you done? You went to go see a doctor. And did you feel better? And she's like, oh, you're right. I so should then, give him a chance. Yeah. So then she does have a conversation with Mike where Mike is just like, hey, I just want, like... I figured you didn't know about, like, my hospitalization because of the way you were talking to me in the guidance counselor's office, and I saw it as an opportunity. So I just want to do all of the normal stuff that, like, I just want senior year to be as normal as possible for me, and this would really help me out. And Lucy is like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he said that the reason that he wasn't, like, he didn't want to talk to her about it, because one, he didn't know how to bring it up, but two, he was afraid that she would go running. And so now, but Lucy's like, I'm not going to run away. I want to get to know you. Um, so I just want to say, like, because, you know, this is like kind of a smaller version of an issue story. I think that Seventh Heaven handled this as well as they could have. Um, yeah, I didn't, I mean, there was, I, there was nothing I like very much opposed about it. it like, I think it was a good um, showcase of like what happens after. Yeah. 
Um, I also really appreciated that the Rev was very honest about his daughter being fickle. (laughs) He, like, repeatedly calls Lucy fickle, so. Um, So anyway, that's, like, Lucy's storyline. It also ties in a little bit to Ruthie's because, again, like, Ruthie's just, like, eavesdropping on everyone and continually running away to write in a diary. But again, we will come back to that. So uh, we've got Mary's storyline. So Mary's continuing her um, friendship with Frankie and Johnny. Um, uh, this I thought this was so funny. I don't know. In the call, so she's as we said, she's going over to their house for for dinner, and she's on the phone with Frankie before she goes over there, and she's like, "Oh, do you need me to bring anything?" And Frankie's like, "If you could just pick up three steaks, I've got everything else." And it's like that's like the meal. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, we get the first glimpse of Frankie and Johnny in their home environment with their child. And Seventh Heaven does this thing they did again. Well, not really until Mary shows up, but they are like, it's obviously tense. Um, they are like, you know, uh, Johnny is just like on the couch with a beer and it seems like he expects, you know, the baby's crying and he expects Frankie to, you know, be doing everything to be cooking dinner and also taking care of the baby and he, I don't know, um... So we clearly see that they're not as happy go lucky as we saw them in the last episode. They have problems. There are like they don't seem to be in like a happy relationship. Um, and I think what Aaron was pointing to is the thing that Seventh Heaven does a lot is when they're trying to portray that someone is living like low income or, or just. I don't know. When they're trying to be like, this is the bad part of town or whatever, there's these kind of cliches where, like, you'll hear the sirens and then babies crying and, you know, like, people screaming at each other. So they kind of just did that by just making, you know. But then, so we see that before um, Mary gets there. Then Mary pulls up and we see, like, the exterior. And it's basically, like, a trailer park, I would say. Yeah. Um, And before she even gets inside, and it's not a big place where they're living she's standing outside and you can hear frankie and johnny still screaming at each other because the baby is crying and frankie is like i'm trying to clean up this dump before mary gets here can you check on her and he's still being like you know lazy and not wanting to do anything we then have a very interesting turn of events in that (laughs) it takes a turn like it the baby just stops crying and johnny comes out and gives mary what is Probably the longest hug in recorded 7th Heaven history. And Frankie's just standing there like... I'm looking. Yeah, and then it's like, ahem, and he like lets her go. And it very much seems like they're inviting her in to like... To their bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this is of the beginning of an actual throuple. Like... Um, but sadly, the 7th Heaven throuple dreams will never come true. Can somebody write that fan fiction, please? Frankie, Johnny, and Mary. <laughs> um, so we have more glimpses now of Mary witnessing life, uh, these, like, young parents of, like, teenage pregnancy, of living... Yeah, I'm just going to backtrack real quick, um, because when Mary is on the phone with uh, Frankie... And she tells her to bring the steaks. She also says, like, oh, my sister brought home one of these college brochures. Um, I think they're just, like, still, my family's still trying to pressure me. And Frankie is like, oh, I wish I could have gone to college. Um, like, maybe you could bring, you know, I, I would still love the opportunity to. And Mary's like, oh, are you messing with me? Um, and she's like, no, I really would love to go to college. So she's like, maybe we can look over some after dinner. So she asks Mary to bring, like, 
ones of local college, like brochures of local colleges. Um, so I think Mary starts to see, this was definitely like Frankie and Johnny are obviously supposed to be like this like cautionary tale of like, this is what happens when you drop out of school and you don't get an education. You, ha- you end up working at the pizza place and I don't know, in this like abusive relationship only because you have like a child. So, um, and I think that's supposed to be like, I don't know. So anyway. Um, so we also get some insights on the Johnny Frankie dynamic. I think in the first episode, they kind of look like your normal couple, but now we see that um, Johnny thinks that Frankie asked too much of him because you asked me to marry you. And he, as Aaron's mentioned multiple times, he seems kind of deadbeat in that when he's home, he's not doing anything. And when like Frankie asks him to do anything, he's like verbally abusive. So, so, uh, this kind of comes to like a culmination in that I think Johnny is like off with the child and it's now Frankie and Mary alone. And Frankie pulls out some, um, pot and so she starts smoking that and she kind of opens up to the fact you know, she's crying she's like this is real this is a very hard life like I wish I don't like I wish I had made better she's decisions like, yeah she was like it's like one mistake that led to all these different circumstances that I guess is like the getting pregnant was her mistake and then you know it, it closed so many doors and I don't know so that whole thing. and Mary connects with it too she's like oh I made a mistake too I got arrested for graffiti and they talk, she talks about how she's on probation, and it seems like Mary's bo- like I think this is Mary. They're talking about how they both feel kind of adrift, and they feel that like they've messed up so bad that they can't come back from it, which I think is what um, we see from Mary now. That she, I think, she feels like uh, like she. I feel like she might be starting to think she made the wrong decision in not going to college yeah. because now like she's got all these bills, she can't keep a job. It's all kind of, like, crappy, but I I don't know if it's just, like, this could be one character trait that they, like, kept in her from season one that she's, like, kind of headstrong, um, and she's just, like, resisting now because it's what everyone wants her to do. Um, I think it's also because she thinks that if she try, she actually tries, she's going to fail, that she's which too far. Which came up, yeah, in the f- first episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that she feels like she's too far gone now to, like get any better like to to do any better like she's dug her hole too deep and she can't like dig herself out of it um so she ends up coming home and that's when she has this conversation with lucy about were you smoking um and then we have the next major plot point here is the rev getting a phone call from the police station um and it's that as the user synopsis said that frankie and johnny had been arrested for like possession of marijuana or something because they were fighting again after Mary left and one of the neighbors called the cops and when they came, I guess they were both like, hi or something. So the Rev has this big confrontation with Mary about like, are you smoking? Imagine if you had been there, like, you know, you would have been arrested again, going on and on about like, who are these people you're hanging out with? Well, you're definitely not going to hang out with them anymore. Why are they calling me? I'm not going to give them bail. They're obviously not responsible people. Um, and Mary's kind of defending them because she's like, you don't, you, you haven't even met them. Um, and I don't know. She brings up the point of like, you are usually always there to help people. And that's why I told them about you. And this is the one time when it's one of my friends, you won't help them. And I, she's very much like, just give them bail money. Like, I'll talk to them. I'll make sure that they stop smoking pot. And he doesn't believe it. And I think this conversation is kind of 
um, and to like look deeper into it. I think this is Mary's like attempt, like maybe if he'll help them, then he'll also help me, but that he meet, he rejects that help. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm not going to ask him either because, um, cause the rev brings up the point, like you can't help them before you help yourself. Like, look at where you are at. And she screams in his face. Like, I don't need your help. I'm doing just fine. And it's a very like tense moment. I think a lot of the times when, um, characters in the seventh, in seventh heaven, especially within the Camden family fight, we always end the episode with them like either making up or agreeing to disagree or some sort of like resolution to whatever, angry thing that has happened and this one isn't resolved this one is again we have this uh, this pattern like building building like, building exactly uh, uh, i think the rev does end up actually going to the police station he, he does i forget because the rev is like well don't they have parents or whatever their parents should know um and we find out later that like after frankie got pregnant that like her her mother told her like don't call me anymore for anything so somehow the rev gets them out i don't think he gives them bail money but i guess you know I think like he gets in touch Sergeant with him. Michaels obviously will just let anyone go if the Rev says they, they, they should go. So, I think he like gets in touch with um, Frankie's mother because that's what the conversation between Frankie and Mary's about. Oh, okay. Like about having parents that will. Well, because the Rev does bring up a good point that he's like, oh, well, like family services are going to have that baby now. So, like, obviously, if if one of the grandparents can take um, the child. Which also, this seems to conflict with what they said in the last episode when they were like, we can stay late on Friday nights because somebody is babysitting. I forget who they said. The mother. It was, yeah, it was Frankie's yeah. mom. Yeah. So she's like, oh, my mother told me not to call for anything, but apparently she was babysitting for her. I think it was in the beginning when she had first messed up with the pregnancy and then like the mother came around. Oh, okay. Um, well, anyway, the, the Rev is like, well, it'd be better just to have the baby not in like the foster care system and with... Uh, so, anyway, um, that is kind of that. Like, is yeah, really that, how that ends. Yeah, um, nothing is really resolved there. We are just just more build up of Mary kind of sticking her feet further in, the, or her head further in the sand with this decision that she's made, and her parents like being seeming to be farther and farther away from where ever she is. Yeah. Um, so we'll end with, I guess, what is arguably the most fun storyline of the episode. Because I feel <laughs> Depends like been, on what your definition of fun is. Because <laughs> I feel like for the last couple of episodes, we've been ending with Mary, and she has the most serious and plot. it's just, like, tense. Yeah. So we thought we might end with something fun. Plus, <laughs> I mean, I personally... Was horrified by this. Yes. But also, like, I think I'm understanding now why you love Ruthie so much. <laughs> because I didn't really like Ruthie... In the beginning. And I think I like her now. <laughs> Um, so... So, Ruthie has some school assignment where she has to, like, keep a diary or something. Um, and we see her, she continually goes and and puts a chair in front of her door so no one can get in her room. And she sits down to write, and then she can't... Wait, can we take one second to go through the elaborate... (laughs) locking okay. system she has. So she's got so she's got the key to the diary in this box that has a lock on it. And she's got the key to the box underneath her mattress. And then when she takes it out of the box, she goes in the closet to write. So Yeah, it's just like complex system, so people can't find it. Yeah. But the thing is, as Aaron mentioned, in the cold open we see that she's having a hard time writing anything. Because nothing happens in her life. Everything happens around her. So she spends the majority of the episode trying to eavesdrop on everyone. And then that's, and she writes down the little tidbits. So like my sister is 
apparently wanting to kiss. Well, we don't see we don't see anything she's written. Yeah. Until after, so family movie night is off, so it's just like the Rev and Annie watching a movie, and then. Annie's like, I'm going to go upstairs and check on the boys. They're watching The Graduate, by the way. Oh. Um, so she goes up to check on the boys, and then the Rev is like, I'm going to go check on the boys, too. No, I'm going to go check on Annie. That's their code. Yeah. So then they go up, and like presumably they're having sex. So at a certain point after that, we see Ruthie run into the room, grab the diary, and then we see her writing, and she's like, You'll never believe what I saw oh mom and dad doing or whatever. <laughs> um, so she keeps, um, after that, she keeps hi- like hiding and trying to get information on Lucy and stuff. And Lucy is like, what are you doing? What You're like writing something. Why? What are you doing? Why, why are you like stalking everyone? We have another what are you doing. We have a Ruth. What are we doing? First, yeah. This is our first season five. What are we doing? Yeah. that's. She just says that to the Reverend Annie after... Post-coitus. Post-coitus. <laughs> um, so uh, she... So Lucy figures out the, where Ruthie's diary is. And she's like, I have to see it. So she somehow finds it, um, opens it up, reads it, and she like immediately goes to the parents. This is about the same time in the episode when the, the parents find out about Frankie and Johnny. And also Simon and Matt. So they're like angry at everyone. So Lucy is like, you... She's like, I have to tell you, Ruthie is keeping a diary. And they're like, okay, we have, like, real problems right now. Um, and she's like, okay, but it's for school, and she has, like... Um, you should make sure you get to this before... Before, mo- before Monday when she takes it to school. And they're like, we really don't care about Ruthie's diary. And they're like, okay, so I guess you don't care that, like, her teacher's going to know that she saw you having sex. And they're and like... suddenly the faces. Yeah. So Oh, and when they're leaving the bedroom, the Rev does say, he's like, I don't think the door was locked. And Annie's like, oh, you're so paranoid. <laughs> um, so we find out that Ruthie's not the first Camden kid to have seen the Camden right. parents. Well, well, first Annie has like a little talk with her and she's like, and Ruthie's like, oh, it was so funny because whenever you talk about sex, you're so serious. But that wasn't serious. It was funny. <laughs> so which which begs the question. What were they doing? Like, what did Ruthie see that she was giggling about the entire time? Because I feel like... It would just be horrifying. I feel like most sex positions are, like, not, not funny. funny. Yeah. So I want to know... It was probably, like, one, like... I'm just imagining, like, the most absurd thing on, like, Urban Dictionary that no one actually does. Like. <laughs> or, like, maybe it's the noises that, like, Annie and or the Rev end up making. Like, maybe they end up sounding like farm animals or something. Like, honking. I don't know. Honking. <laughs> Remember? Remember? We don't like it when people honk. <laughs> so, anyway, um, Annie is, like, when a married man and, and a, married a married woman... woman like have sex, it is like blessed and well, no, she it's doesn't private. even say sex. She she's, says to make love to oh, each other. And she's like, it's a private thing though, so please don't tell your teacher about it. Um, and please also don't like watch us doing it either. <laughs> so as as she's like leaving Ruthie's room, she runs into Matt and Simon. She scolds them a little bit, but she's like, there was also an incident in the house, and they're like, was it serious? And she's like, no, like nobody's hurt. Um, Except for, like, maybe, like, Ruthie might be scarred. <laughs> Apparently she's not, because she's, like, laughing about yeah. it. Um, and 
they get around, like, she gets around and tells, like, Matt and Simon what happened. And they're like, it was bound to happen sometime. We've all seen you. And I was just, like, they were like, oh, we all know the code, you know. When, when you know, one of you says you're going to check on the kids and then the other says they're going to check on the other parent. We know to steer clear, but, you know, Ruthie just didn't know the, the signal. Um, but they've all seen them have sex. And, yeah. And they've apparently all talked about it, too. I know. It's like they all know the signal. They all know to stay away. Um, but they've all done it at some point. <laughs> I, I guess what happens is, like, one of the kids does it, and then they find out about the signal. Like, they'll be like, oh, my God, I'm horrified. I just saw Mom and Dad having sex. And then, like, the next oldest kid would be like, oh. It's like a hazing ritual. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sickos. Freaks. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess, you know what? We have We have had lack of the sexy parents time it's back in season five back in full force like this is why mary's getting out of control they're just having sex all the time they don't even care they don't even care um yeah that is it for this episode (laughs) what would you rate it um 4.5 i think i'm gonna also give it a 4.5 i would have given it the full five it wasn't for Matt and Simon. Simon. Uh, speaking of Matt and Simon, the actress that plays Marsha in this episode um, won a Young Artist <laughs> Award for her performance in Spelling Out Words. So congratulations to you. Yeah. Wow. Young Artist Award. Who doesn't have one of those on their resume? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So if you would like to listen to us, you can find us on the Apple iTunes podcast app as well as soundcloud.com slash camdencast and uh, we'll, our social media is on Twitter and Instagram at camdencast show and Facebook just camdencast we, you can also email us camdencast at gmail.com I'm Tanvi I'm Erin and this is camdencast <laughs>